the entire COVID fake public health emergency and the bioweapon injection scam was always about the central banks, controlling humanity through digital technology, enslaving human beings like they've never been enslaved before. And it all ties back to your freedom and natural health as a living, breathing soul. Let's make the connections in this diabolical plan. This is the Dr. Jane Ruby Show, and you're about to enter Truth in Medicine. The real problem is not the high taxes themselves, but the fact that they are not even really funding the government. Not even those high taxes, higher than a lot of places in the world, not even those taxes are really funding the government. So who's financing the government? Government is financed by treasury bonds, paper. And who buys the treasury bonds? Mostly the Fed. And how does the Fed buy them? By printing money. But what backing does the Fed have for that money being printed? The treasury bonds themselves. So basically, you finance the government by printing money out of thin air. Someone could ask, someone could ask, well, so if the government can print the limited amounts of money out of thin air, why do they collect taxes? I mean, in theory, it would make sense, right? If they can print unlimited amounts of money, why would they need taxes for? The answer is simple, but it's very shocking. The real problem is that you pay high taxes only to uphold the illusion that you are funding the government, which you are not. It's shocking, but it's true. The government is funded by money printing, paper backed with paper, a bubble that will inevitably burst. The situation is even worse than it seems, because if most Americans and the rest of the world were to become aware of this farce, confidence in your currency would be lost, the dollar would fall, and the Western civilization with it. Welcome to the Dr. Jane Ruby Show on this Friday, March 1st, 2024. What you just heard was part of a speech from the newly elected president of El Salvador giving a much needed lecture to the American people last week at CPAC in Washington, D.C. You know, as I look back on the last four years since the fake pandemic was launched, we've learned that the death and destruction was all just collateral damage for the DOD and the U.S. government that have been the stooges for the Bank of International Settlements. It always goes back to the money and the power. Well, Brother Alexis Bunyolo, a well-known friend of the show, is a Franciscan friar, and he's also the founder and the editor of the electronic journal from Rome.info 
a treasure trove of news and commentary on geopolitical and Vatican happenings. In my opinion, he's particularly adept at explaining the threats of the global reset and how we can beat it. He's done extensive research on the issue of the central bank digital currency that is being foisted upon us now. And Brother Alexis joins me tonight. Brother, it's so good to have you back and see you again. How are you? Uh, it's my pleasure, Dr. Ruby, at, and I uh, always uh, enjoy speaking with you, and the fans really love it, and uh, I say hello to all your fans, and uh, you do have a good quantity, so I, I'm so glad to speak with you today on this really unique topic, which is kind of outside the field of both of us, but it will be a fun show. Yeah, and, and you know, I'm glad you mentioned that, because what I want to say to the audience is, we need to educate each other. We learn from each other. Uh, we don't have time to just wait for an expert. We don't know if that expert is bona fide or not. So we're in the realm now, the era of teaching and helping each other uh, as community. So I'm really glad you're here. Uh, I know you've done a lot of great work. You've already you know, taught me a bunch. Um, let's start with talking about why it's a problem. And in terms of the devaluation, people are still out there, brother, they're using their dollar bills, they, they're kind of hearing, you know, inflation, things are going wrong. But let's talk about what the, the what has happened to the dollar and why this is a crisis right now and how they're gonna be using it against us. Okay, so the president of El Salvador uh, explains very well and simply the fundamental problem. The US dollar is not backed by anything. Okay, so in currency, there's three kinds of, of, of paper money. There is a, a bill of credit, which is like an IOU. There is a, a note, a reserve note. That means there's actually bullion on being held somewhere that's going to pay that note. And there's notes of deposit that actually represent something. So, mm. for example, you might have heard of BRICS, the new international currency between China, Russia, and, and a whole Brazil. bunch of nations. I, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a whole acronym for a bunch of countries. But that currency, which is valued at like 10 cents to the dollar, you can get 10 of them for a US dollar, is only has gold to kind of sustain its value. You can't go to Peking and get gold for it or, or to Moscow. So it's not a note or reserve. Hmm. And so there's there's some there's a lot of confidence. You have to have confidence in those economies, but it, it's not so exact. Now, the US currency has nothing behind it anymore. Not since 1967, when Congress actually forbade the U.S. Treasury to redeem U.S. Federal Reserve notes for gold or silver. So it is totally uh, a confidence game. Because we pay taxes, other countries believe the U.S. government will eventually pay off its debt. And so the government sells mm. debt. And uh, even China had bought four billion, four trillion worth of our um, banknotes. So if you think China is our enemy, that's not the case because they bought our debt. But... This is an unsustainable um, right. a form of economy. And I'm going to use some examples. I use an example from the Federal Reserve Bank of Cleveland. Okay, so I'm not making up this fact. You can go to their site and look this up. Uh, at the time of the Civil War, if you were to buy a loaf of bread in the United States, it was five pennies, five cents. You buy a loaf of bread today. You're going to pay anywhere between 350 or 550. You're going to get a good natural loaf like you could get in the 1850s. Mm -hmm. So what a penny could buy back then, a dollar can buy today. So we talk about a lot of progress in technology and production and mass production and getting everything to everyone in, in a good value. But economically speaking, there's something wrong there. Why has the dollar devalued? I looked at a $20 U.S. coin minted by the U.S. Treasury in 1873. So in 1873, you could get 20 paper U.S. federal bills 
$21 bills and buy one of these gold coins. And um, if you wanted to buy that gold coin today, you'd pay $2,113 at the lowest price. So that means the US dollar is worth what a penny was in 1873. Now, this is a threat to the common people. So one of the big problems with this Agenda 2030 is that they want to enslave us, take away everything we own, and make us their property. And the chief goal of that is controlling money. But behind that is the confidence game. As long as we keep trusting them, they're going to, they're going to uh, capture us, they're going to cage us, they're going to entrap us. So we have to break that system of trust. We have to stop trusting in them. We have to start trusting in reality. And old-fashioned money, the money that has been from the dawn of time, is gold and silver. And uh, it, once the currency is divorced from that, politicians print up as much money as they want. So if your grandfather gave you, the great-grandfather gave you a $20 gold coin mm -hmm. from 1873, you would, your inheritance would be worth something. But if he gave you 20 U.S. Treasury notes, $21 in US, $20 in US Treasury notes, it would be worthless today. So you can look at it as devaluation, but you mm -hmm. should really look at it as robbery because 99 cents of every dollar in 1873 has been stolen by the politicians in Washington mm -hmm. because they print more money than they take in as taxes. And there's more and more bills out in circulation for the same amount of wealth. Okay. So that means the money is worth less. Okay, because if if you come to the market to buy, let's say you come to the market to buy oranges and there's only 10 oranges for sale and 100 people want them, those oranges are going to have a high price. But if someone comes to the market with 10,000 oranges and there's only 10 people that want them, those oranges are going to sell at a low price. <laughs> right. And Supply gonna, and demand. Perfect. Yep. It's the same thing with the U.S. dollar. So this is a crucial in, uh, issue for human freedom. Uh, threatened as we are by the globalists. And it's even more crucial issue because the globalists tell us they want central bank digital currency. Yeah. I wanted to, and, I want to back up a little bit just for the mm -hmm. purpose of the audience. People understand a lot of people are really learning a lot lately. Uh, the mm -hmm. Federal Reserve is not part of the government. The con uh, Congress abdicated its constitutionally endowed powers, as you know, to uh, give away uh, the power to create and control and value money to these private bankers. That's what the Federal Reserve is. So I want people to understand that foundation for what you and I are talking about and how this came. They were a runaway system and group of robbers that just keep, like you say, printing the money and keeping, as the president, President Bukele said, keeping the illusion of money and wealth. And, and what is the main danger uh, brother, help me understand this. Is the I know it's dangerous, but the, is the main danger that 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 will collapse and that there's nothing behind it, and that you your your money in your bank account, which represents dollar bills that aren't even backed by anything, will collapse and you'll lose your money if it's in that form. What are we worried yeah, about here? That is, okay, so since our currency in the United States, the U.S. federal dollar, is a confidence game its value will collapse with public opinion. So BRICS has already announced they're going to be trading in their own currency. There's, that's half of the world economy is not going to be trading in something that is not U.S. dollars. Mm. And even the, if even the president of El Salvador can lecture us on our worthless money, pretty soon it's going to become mainstream. Within 18, 36, 48 months, 
people, it's going to click in people's head that dollars aren't worth anything. And then inflation is going to go up even faster. The dollar will devalue. How does this harm you? How, if you save anything from your salary and you put it into the bank, by the time you use it, it's going to be worthless. If you put $10,000 in, if you put, if you take $10,000, you put it in the bank, hoping to retire on it 33 years later, it's going to have lost a third of its value. And the banks aren't even paying interest. Okay. So it used to be if the banks paid interest and that kind of counteracted the devaluation, they're not paying interest on it. This is why the do dollar is devaluing fast and the prices are going up. We didn't have 5% in inflation last year. We had like 26%. They're lying about that. And you can see it and, and what it costs you to buy groceries. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. It, it is a serious, serious problem because human opinion is very fickle. And if your money is based on human opinion, mm. it can evaporate overnight and become worthless paper. And, you know, where it's, you know, let's interject um, some of the historical revel relevance, rather, uh, without getting into a big history lesson, but where it, where it makes sense. Um, we used to have, like you said, our go our money backed by gold and silver uh, in the tre in the federal treasury, but that's been that's been looted. Right. And and so if, if you do buy gold and silver these days, I mean, I'm not an expert, but I would say I, I would recommend keeping it uh, in your own secure place with your family is safe, whatever. Um, but but certainly not letting the government keep it as a repository. Or wouldn't you agree? OK, so you should if you have an ability to invest part of your portfolio in bullion, gold, silver, palladium or platinum, it is a good thing to do. Uh, uh, theoretically, because that's real money. That will always be real money. The difficulty is, is in the United States, the federal government, knowing its dollar is devaluating, has put all these laws in place to penalize you if you buy gold and silver. Mm. So if you buy gold like, and like silver- Like what? Yes, tell us. Like what? Well, for example, the gold and silver $50 US coin. You don't pay $50 for that. You have to pay like several thousand dollars for that. Okay? So- if you were to take that $50 coin to the market and it says U.S. currency on it, they're only obliged to give you $50 worth of goods for that. Okay, so that that's a penalty. The other is there's a federal in, uh, gain, income, there's a federal gains tax. If you're the value of gold you bought, let's say you bought gold for 10,000, you sold the same quantity of gold a year later for 20,000, the IRS would say, oh, you made a $10,000 profit, we're gonna tax that. That reduces gold and silver to the level of commodity, not a money. So there is a big movement in the states now, and I think it's 43 states who have recognized gold. Yeah, uh, let's talk gold. about those. Uh, 23 states have recognized gold and silver coin as legal tender, and mm -hmm. it's no longer subject to capital gains tax or sales taxes. It's, mm -hmm. actually, it's, it's considered property that's not taxable because it is currency. Okay? How long will that and last? That is a big can, move. Can... <laughs> well, that's a big move. No, actually... Thanks be to divine providence in the, in the United States, because of the Constitution, okay. the states have the power to recognize gold and silver as legal tender. And that's Article 1 uh, uh, of the U.S. Constitution, Section 10, Clause 1. So this is this defends the people because the states can make it can regard um, can gold we... and silver coins legal tender. Legal tender means in a debt, if you pay that. They must accept it. Okay. And brother, you've been kind enough to do a lot of background research to help me understand. And what you just cited, Article One, Section Ten, Clause One, uh, 
no state shall enter into any treaty, alliance, or confederation, grant letters of mark and reprisal, coin money, and bills of credit. Make anything but gold and silver coin a tender in payment of debts. Pass any bill of attainder, ex post facto law, or law Im impairing the obligation of contracts, or grant any title nobility. Mm -hmm. Explain. Yeah, that's the clause. So you have to first understand the United States, we are common law tradition. Yes. So something is legitimate if a law allows it or if it is not explicitly prohibited. OK, so in our Constitution, the states are allowed to make gold and silver coin. Coin is important there. Legal tender, but they're not allowed to coin coins. OK, the power to coin coins is reserved to the federal government. But if you read the if you go back to the history of the Continental Congress, when they wrote the U.S. Constitution, they voted nine to two against allowing paper money to circulate in the United States. It was only gold and silver. However, having voted that, they didn't write it into the Constitution. Mm. So they left a door open. So the states can only recognize gold and silver, which is a limit on their power. That doesn't mean the federal government can allow can't allow paper money. So in 1860, 1861 and then in 1862, during the Civil War, which was begun by the North against the South, they started doing all kinds of things that were not in the Constitution because they couldn't pay the bills, the, the wages war. And they started printing paper money. They were, they were called notes of demand. There was nothing backing them. Hmm. Notes of demand means if you went to the Treasury, they would give you silver or gold if you asked for it, mm -hmm. but they were hoping you didn't come. Okay. Was, there was a big <laughs> right. controversy. It started a whole closed today. <laughs> of legal cases called the legal tender cases on how on earth can the, the Congress start claiming it can print money. This is just absurd. Okay. And especially after the war, a lot of ex-Confederates, they did not want to accept this money. And that's where we get the word greenback because it was printed in green ink. Uh. Paper money had always been printed in black ink. But these when these the distinction they put green ink. So actually, the fact that green is still the color of the U.S. dollar bill means there's nothing backing it. That's that's, <laughs> that's actual artistic There's tradition. your proof. So there was such a controversy that to get this thing through, Ulysses Grant appointed two new pro paper money individuals to the Supreme Court and reversed the old decisions that said it was unconstitutional. And. Uh, but people still didn't accept the federal notes. Now, the federal notes really have never been accepted. So the federal government has always been doing things to prop them up. In 1873, they said they'll, they'll back them with silver. So they became notes of deposit issued by the Treasury. It's still going on. If you go to the U.S. Treasury, you'll be paid in silver coin the value of this bill. Yeah. And then with um, the Federal Reserve Bank systems was founded. It was given to the Federal Reserve, which was a private corporation, to print these bills. And people say, why is our money being printed by a private corporation? Because it's not constitutional legal tender. It is made up and invented. Say okay? that again. Say the whole thing again. The reason why it is legitimate in law that the Federal Reserve, a private company, print our currency, the U.S. Federal Reserve, the U.S. Federal Reserve notes, is because it's not constitutional legal tender. It doesn't come under the federal power of coining. Okay. Correct. In the Constitution, the U.S. government has a monopoly on coining coins. You cannot coin gold or silver, platinum or palladium, copper, any kind of coin and put on it one dollar or so many cents. Because that is a power reserved to the federal government. It's their monopoly. You could print a silver coin and put on it one succotash. 
Yeah. <laughs> you and and you personally could do it. Your company can do it. It's not a crime. Okay. The state cannot do it. It's prohibited in Article One, uh, uh, Section Ten, Clause One. But um, if it doesn't circulate, anyone can do it because then it's not a coin. It's just like a, a, an okay. asset, a memento, and, a measure of metal. And we can. So therefore, it's not uh, against the law. To, to to use it locally amongst ourselves if we want to. Okay. No, if it's a coin. I want to get into no that. What it says on it. Right. You can only use it in circulation if it says dollars or cents on it. Because to use it in any other, if you were to use one succotash to buy things, then, uh, then it, you are transgressing the monopoly of the federal power for coining. Okay. So that, that's the legal barrier well, that has lots of legislators. Okay. Make, about making gold and silver coins legal tender. Where then does it become bartering if I'm using my own little pieces of silver to say, hey, I want two okay. succotash. Here's my now, two it, silver it, pieces. Here's here's the thing. If the coin said on it one ounce of silver, you could use it to barter and okay. buy and sell things. Okay. Okay. But if it says one succotash, no, you can't, because then you're creating a you're creating a coin currency. And that violates federal power. Okay, because okay. I want to I want to get into and maybe we'll do it in the next segment because we're getting close to the end mm -hmm. of this first one, which has been a great introduction to all of this. Uh, there are uh, insert. I shouldn't say in circulation, but there are now. There's a movement afoot, and people are buying and giving each other. Um, these are these are small portions of gold in the form of gold backs it's a, a thin okay metal piece of like sort of okay and mm -hmm. little you know like uh, you could break away these little their weights of gold and silver it, but in mm -hmm. small increments so that mm -hmm. we can barter or use it to exchange mm -hmm. and create our own intra-community exchanges mm -hmm. so what are your thoughts on that and if we if we need to go into the second segment and talk about it okay. more give us an overview now so a small measure of a precious metal, gold, silver, palladium, or platinum, in a tiny little piece measured, let's say, in grams, that's called an ingot. That's the proper term for What's it. What's the word? It's an ingot. I-N-G-O-T. Ingot. Ingot. Okay. okay, I'm learning. And it's a form of bullion. Bullion. B-U-L-L-I-O-N. Not the kind of bullion you make a soup from. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. Uh, because bullion is a generic term of precious metals uh, held as an asset. Okay. Whereas if it's put in the ingot, it's a measured weight. Okay, it's not that big bar you see in those movies where they still go from banks. Right. And um, but the goldback is an actual collectible printed by a company called Goldbacks out in Colorado. It's an artistic work, and it has some gold in mesh. It does. It has like a thousandth of a something or whatever. I've yeah. got to look it up. It but. has a half a half a grain of uh, troy ounces. So a troy ounce you ever hear gold's measured in troy ounces, which isn't the same as your the ounces you buy your food in. And um, one four hundred and eightieth of a troy ounce is a grain, and they have uh, uh, I think they have one grain, they have a half a grain of gold in these gold backs, but they value it as having a full value. So it's collectible because he's selling them for four thirty; they're only worth two twenty. That will never become that cannot be used as a commodity of exchange because why would you pay twice as much for your money? You've lost half your assets. You know, okay. you're great if you if they were ever and they're not legal tender if they were ever legal tender your grocery to pay a hundred and gross dollars worth of groceries you'd have to buy two hundred dollars of that okay oh so, okay okay oh okay. wow and okay the guy who started that was running an art studio okay so it's a collectible and it's sold by various bullion dealers around the country but it's collectible 
Okay. And they could say it's legal tender because it has gold in it, but it's not recoverable gold. It's so small amount. What you have to do is burn the paper, chemically synthesize out the gold. You can't really get it back. It's, it's, okay. it's gone. Uh, there's a Swiss company out there that's selling these squares of tiny little squares of ingots, ingots of silver. Mm -hmm. uh, I haven't seen it yet, but um, what what's your thought on that? Is that a different like is that not a collectible? Okay, so we talked about investing part of your portfolio in gold, silver, or precious metals, and this is good. Except there's a fee when you move your U.S. dollars over to these real metals. There's going to be in some states a sales tax. Uh, there's, there could be capital gains tax over the years, and there could be service taxes. A lot of these companies will always charge you 10 to 20 to 25 percent more than the actual market value of gold. So that means if you move 10,000 over, you've lost 2,500 of your assets because you once you have it in these ingots, they're going to they don't give you the full value of your dollar. Now, let's say you have an ingot and you want to use it to buy something. Well, unless you can find someone who wants your ingot, you've got to go to a gold and silver dealer, a coin dealer, okay. and he's going to give you 10, 20, 30, 40% less than what you paid for it. Okay. So you so lost the, another 40% on the outgo. It's, it's a very fluctuating value, you're saying. Okay. Well, no, because U.S. federal law requires that if they sell these things, they have to put a premium on it. Okay. And they're doing that to prevent you from using gold ingots, silver ingots to compete with US currency because they're trying to sustain the value of something that has no value. They're making it difficult to use something that truly has value. See, it's complete fraud. Yeah. So yeah. Well, there is a the way around this, but all the solutions so far haven't worked out. One solution is, is uh, okay. maybe we'll talk about this in a second. Yeah, we'll episode. talk about that. That We're going to get to that, but I don't want to get into solutions yet because I, I want, I want mm -hmm. to continue to lay out the issues, the, the truths. And mm -hmm. uh, I, we have to break at this point, um, but uh, I know brother is not going to go anywhere. Uh, you don't want to miss the second half. This is getting more and more fascinating. We'll be right back after these very special messages. Hi, everyone. Dr. Jane Ruby here with a quick message on how you should be protecting your retirement funds, your 401k, your IRAs. Did you know that you can protect them with physical gold and silver to avoid losing everything that you've built over your lifetime? Please call the experts at Augusta Precious Metals at 888-836-1890. At least talk to an expert. Learn more about how you can protect what you've built up so that if things go crazy, as we know they will in this economy, you've got some of your investments protected with tangible physical gold and silver. Every bit as valuable as real estate, something you can touch, they can't turn off, you know, with a flick of a switch. Call the people at Augusta Precious Metals. They're wonderful. They will educate you on what this is all about and what you need to do. And they will also provide you with some warnings about how to protect yourself from other companies that may be spreading lies and scamming you. That's Augusta Precious Metals at 888-836-1890. Looks like you've been sleeping well. Megan, he's back, the My Pillow guy. And you're looking good. Still feeling good. Well, just when you thought it couldn't get any better, we've got the best pillow ever, My Pillow 2.0. When I invented my pillow, it had everything you'd ever want in a pillow. Well, now there's new technology that makes it even better. 
MyPillow 2.0 has my patented fill combined with a cooling fabric with temperature regulating thread. MyPillow 2.0 is truly the next generation of MyPillow. Now's the time to go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use the promo code to save 50% on your MyPillow 2.0. You're sleeping even better. And cooler, too. And you're looking good. Feeling good. I knew you would. MyPillow.com. Welcome back to the second segment of the Dr. Jane Ruby Show tonight. Uh, we're here with Brother Alexis Bugnolo. It's been a fascinating discussion. He is a, I'll tell you, he's an intellectual jack of all trades. So we're talking tonight about the history of currency and United States, and uh, we have so many more things to cover. But I want to, I want to let you know that uh, Brother has consented once again to be my guest in After Talk, and he has what he considers to be a potential kryptonite. Uh, against uh, the uh, the CBDC uh, whole scam and what they're coming at us with. For those of you who are uh, don't know or too young to know, uh, kryptonite was the um, metal or material in the Superman series that was the only thing that in the world that would weaken Superman and bring him to his knees. So I, I personally am from that era, so I get it. So brother, welcome back. Welcome back. Good to be back. Yep. And they'll have to wait for your solutions in the after talk, which we will air Monday night. So mm -hmm. we're, we're teasing a little bit, but there's so much to talk about. We have to spread it over, you know, two shows. So, okay, brother, let's talk about when we ended the first segment, we were talking about some caveats that you brought forward when you're buying gold and silver. Let's talk about some of the advantages, because uh, you certainly don't want to sit on fiat money that's you know, only based on the opinion or confidence of mm -hmm. the people that is fickle. So what are some of the advantages of gold and silver transitioning to that? Okay, so gold and silver is real money and it will always uh, have greater value than the U.S. dollar. It mm. will, it, it, in relationship to printed paper fiat monies, it will always have more value. So it is better than an investment in real estate because real estate, though it always increases in value, there's maintenance costs in real estate. Mm. There's security costs. So yeah, your house will go up in value if you maintain it in good order and keep it, all the things fixed up and constantly add the new technologies, new appliances, new kitchens, it will go up in value. But if you don't, it will go down in value. But gold and silver is better than that because it doesn't deteriorate, it doesn't dissolve, and it doesn't lessen in value <laughs> over time. So we were talking about how the U.S. dollar is devalued 100-fold against gold in the last uh, 150 years in the United States. And uh, the, uh, if if you have a grandfather, great-grandfather who left you some gold coins, you know how much they're worth. Mm. Uh, they were smart enough to hide them from Roosevelt wanted to confiscate them because the federal government can confiscate gold coins if they're minted by the U.S. Treasury. Okay, so beware of that. They did it before and the Supreme Court allowed them. So if you're going to invest in gold and silver, you want to put it in bullion. That's ingots. Okay. Or you want to put it in foreign coins because that couldn't be confiscated, technically speaking. Mm. Technically speaking, the Congress can almost do anything. But you don't want to buy like, you don't want to put like 5,000 a year into gold and silver bullion. Okay. Because what you're buying a small quantity, you're not going to get a good price. If you're putting, you decide to make a decision, move a section of your portfolio. So let's say you have 100,000 in savings, put 10,000 in or 20,000 in. Don't put one or two, you're losing value, okay? Because when you buy a larger quantity, all these dealers are going to give you a better price. 
and then the 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 payment the expenses of doing the transaction packaging the insurance it all gets lesser compared mm, to how much you invest makes sense and that's that's important okay and any of these dealers will give you sometimes if you invest large amounts of money they'll even give you bonus gold and silver okay because they want to offset the cost and this is because the price of gold and silver the spot price which is measured in new york uh, geneva i think hong kong uh, tokyo these are not the real price of the metal it's the price of the average sale of all the people in the network that feed into that ticker tape so the one in geneva is like like um gold and silver dealers around the world in europe and the one in new york is like uh mines that sell uh the bullion okay so the the uh, dealers can buy the price the metal at lower price than they're selling to you that's always the case because they buy it in big quantities and the mines mine gold and silver they actually sell it at a lower price than you see on these ticker tapes so uh, uh you don't you want to look at those prices on those ticker tapes and okay. not pay too much more than that don't mm-hmm, pay 10 percent mm-hmm. more try to get a good deal yeah and um but silver you want to get into and okay. this is something that i don't hear anyone talking about i was doing research yesterday looking at the 10 largest silver mines in the world and uh, I don't, I think maybe only one is in the United States, but um, six of the 10 largest mines are going to run out of silver before 2050. Wow. And this, and this means that the price of silver could go as high as maybe 50 or 60 an ounce by 2050. It's now only $22 an ounce. So if you buy gold now, if you're a young person, if you're not in your eighties and uh, for retirement, you will see it in a substantial increase in the value of that silver. Now, if you buy silver, don't buy some market value ETF. Get someone who's going to sell you the real silver. I have to interject here, brother. You'll forgive me, but I am in a relationship with what I believe is a very good company. So to Mm -hmm. have this, and I know you're not representing any company, so I want that disclaimer, uh, but you are bringing so much important information. I don't want my audience to miss uh, Augusta Gold. Uh, I will put their information on the screen. It's in my link stack. Uh, This is a company that's very ethical. I've vetted them. I moved from another company, which I will not name, uh, to this company for those reasons, um, because of their great reputation. And they do sell, you know, the bullion and the silver in large quantities. And I think that's why a lot of these companies, I'm not speaking specifically for Augusta right now, but a lot of these companies across the board, they have minimum of 10,000 or 20 or 50 or whatever the company is um, because they want to, you know, give you the most for the, and, but I love what you said about it's not perishable. You know, it, there's no maintenance because because most people are putting their money in gold and silver and real estate. They have to live in something. So maybe it's logical to do one or two properties. But I, I think you made a huge point. I mean, mm-hmm. maintenance but costs. If, if you're elderly and live by yourself, mm-hmm. don't store the, your gold and silver in your house. Oh, God, no. What is the crime right in your city? This is an important thing. If there are um, house invasion crimes in your city, don't. And of course, don't let anyone know you're doing it. Of course. Okay? Never talk about it. Not even to your closest friends or to your children or grandchildren might have loose mouths okay don't tell him of course you have to mention it in your will so that people can find it so somebody can find it and and (laughs) i and i say that to people you know you don't want the government to hold it or a repository uh Mm -hmm. you should hold it yourself but what i mean i want to clarify what i mean by that is in a secure place usually away Mm -hmm. from your home 
in a, you know, you can figure that out with your family and then, you know, only, you know, your lawyer knows or something. However, if you have no safe place, go with a company that just does the depository of bullion, of bullion in a safe place that has an excellent reputation. Maybe it has some ex-military on the board of directors or things like that. People know what security is. Okay. Well, you know, we don't want the government to come in and take the gold from the repositories. Remember, I mean, you're in your history. Yeah, I think that, you, right. That's true. That's true. But I trust them. Uh, um that's true. It, it depends on how, I mean, if you if you were had a big portfolio, you were buying a million dollars in gold, I wouldn't recommend you keeping that in your house unless your house is a fortress and you have armed guards. Okay. So uh, I'm concerned about the individual single woman who wants to buy gold and silver and, you know, yeah. she puts herself at risk. Okay. Of course. And you want a company that can ship it to you without their label on it, because it's been in the news that, that people in the U S post office under the Biden regime are robbing shipments that come in the mail that say, jd bullion you oh, know yeah oh my god yeah there's no identification to it yeah. like, it's so like yeah ask for the option of sending it in a non-disclosed box or send it by fedex or something like that and get it insured and make sure you home the day it's going to come watch the tracking don't leave it on your front doorstep oh my god okay, <laughs> okay. we've, that so we've common, avoided you have the to use common sense yeah. you have to use common sense because it's more valuable than your hdtv okay, okay. let's switch to i uh, want to talk about uh, these individual states. I want people to be aware of it. They're doing a little mm -hmm. slightly different things. Uh, you gave me a nice list here. Uh, do you want to take us through this list or do you want me to name them and you can talk about you them? You can name them and I'll talk about it. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about, let's start with Kansas. Is considering mm -hmm. making gold and silver backed electronic currency. I don't like the sound of that, but <laughs> go ahead. Take yeah. it away. We are, we are so addicted to electronic currency that Kansas, I think, has one of the most unique, uh, I won't say crazy, I don't want to offend anyone in Kansas, I have some dear friends in Kansas, but uh, they want to create a gold and silver currency that can be exchanged electronically. So there is something good about that if the electronic transfers are merely an accounting method and not the money itself. Oh. Okay, so let's say a state authorizes gold and silver coins legal tender and they put it in a depository and the banks can all buy into that depository and on your bank statement says you own so many uh, gold and silver right do you want to pay in gold and silver do you want to pay in dollars okay that if it's regulated that there's nothing wrong with it but uh if unless you have a system well organized that what well, seems that the kansas is doing it's not so clear what they're doing because the law being passed or being proposed doesn't have those details in it so this is an important thing okay. if your state is making gold and silver coins legal tender look at the law mm. because it may not be as sound as it appears to be mm. and if u.s if supreme court should find it unconstitutional you could have your money devalue your investment devalue a lot of course. Okay, let's talk about Iowa. Iowa's proposing making gold and silver coins obligatory legal tender for all transactions. I think that's going to fly, and what's that about? Okay, so um, legal tender means it it has to be accepted uh, for payment of debt. So uh, okay. obligatory, some states are playing with the phrase legal tender. You look at U.S. dollar and it says for legal tender, all public and private. So if someone, if I, uh, if I have a debt to pay, and I put down U.S. federal bills or the equivalent in electronic uh, electronic transfer from a bank. They must accept that. They can't say I got it, but you didn't pay me. Okay, but uh, and so that's true if if gold and silver coins are legal tender. But to make it obligatory is unless you do it right, uh, you're influencing the value of contracts. And in 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 U.S. federal law, Supreme Court jurisprudence and contract law, contracts are property. 
And a government can't take away your property by passing a law because that's illegal search and seizure. It's, it's unconstitutional, uh, theoretically. Even if they were seized gold and silver, they'd have to pay you the money. If you had a government. If you had a government. <laughs> Who was following so, the rules, but whatever. So um, the problem with the gold and silver coin thing is, is that the only gold and silver coins now are like the Eagle silver coin or there's certain coins with the federal government. Their face value is not the, the value of the metal. So if you're going to make that obligatory in a contract, what was it, what's the person going to do with the gold and silver coins? He'd have to go to a coin dealer and he's going to get 20, 40% less. Mm. So he's not getting paid for that debt. So that, that, law, that law in Iowa seems to me is going to be legally challenged and, and shot down okay. unless they'd stop naming the kind of gold and silver coin. Okay. They said redeemable in one ounce, but- Okay, know. we're going to move along because we have two more states and, um, and okay. Um, Arkansas made gold and silver- U.S. coins legal tender last year in 2023, but not obligatory tender. What's happening in Arkansas? Okay, so in Arkansas they're smarter. Okay, <laughs> they, they saw that they saw that legal that legal issue, and uh, that allows people to buy and sell with these U.S. coins like the Silver Eagles and stuff like that, the uh, fifty dollar um, 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 gold coin. And um, but how many people are going to you know come to the store and say I'm going to buy a new car and I'm going to lay down gold coin? And um, th that's the thing. The, the issue is still the problem of how the person receiving the coin is going to convert it to dollars because he can't send, if he's a car dealer, he can't send those gold coins to GM and get some more cars to sell. <laughs> okay. So yeah. it, it could be legal problems too. If, if you call it non-obligatory tender, you, then, well, who's going to use it? Okay. So you're not going to get free of the globalists unless you have a system of, of exchange that is easily usable and understandable okay. by everyone and okay. is based on your value. Okay. So there's a problem there in the Okay. Arkansas. Let's move to Alaska. Alaska's House passed a gold and silver legal tender bill, which would envision the issuance of gold paper bills like those being considered by Wyoming and Utah. Quickly, okay. what's that one? So, so this is a great thing because he, this bill got passed because one citizen spoke to his representative in the Alaska legislature. Okay. So it's it's a something to inspire miracle, all but it happens. It happens. So what we're talking we'll talk about in the the after talk, we'll talk about a legislative solution. You can do it. You need to form a committee and get it done. And it can be done. But the problem with putting um a gold actually in the paper note is you're taking it out of circulation basically forever. Okay, because it can't be extracted easily from that paper note again. It's not a note made of gold. It's no in, in which gold has been infused in the paper and the plastic. Right, like the gold so backs. It, it, it's really, yeah, like the gold backs. So it, it's a it's a waste of gold and silver. It's going to actually, it, it's going to be put in doubt whether it's still there because it's handed in the hands and do, worn do, out. Okay, does it matter if it's recoverable or not? Like I had gold coins that my great uncle gave me and there was gold in them, but I wasn't going to recover it out of the coin. I used it, unfortunately, you know, over the years to okay to buy mm -hmm. things with it or whatever mm -hmm. does it matter if it's recoverable if you're using it yeah. as tender back and forth okay because value? gold has gold has value because of what it is if it's not recoverable that puts a doubt in that value right. so i would say yes mm -hmm. it's never going to be worth as much okay the other thing the, the other thing is it's a very expensive process to infuse bills with gold okay and uh you know why don't you just use coins i've never <laughs> seen anybody extract the gold out of their coins or the silver uh, or the copper oh yeah it, it was done throughout history and people they do melted it, it? okay time okay. well you know if thieves steal gold coins the first thing they do they're going to melt them down so no one knows where the gold came from 
Ah, okay, okay. Last, okay. lastly, and then we and then we have to close up with you and go go to after talk. Um, Missouri and Oklahoma are considering making gold and silver coins legal tender. Plus, twenty three states no longer have sales tax on all or some bullion transactions. I like it. I like that. And forty two states no longer tax sales of gold and silver. Woohoo! I'm all for no yeah. tax. Yeah, no. so what we're talking about today is not some crazy idea of, of two uh, anti-globalists. This is a movement in the United States, and uh, it, the, the, the anvil is hot. I mean, this I like is the it. time to strike to get legislative action, because if you can solve all these problems and create a, a, an easily tendered payment system mm -hmm. that people can see in their own hands and they can trust the value of and has subjective value and doesn't violate any federal laws or constitutional restrictions, right. it's going to be by wildfire. The first state to do this that is, is, is going to see a massive amount of investment and, and assets born to the banks of their state. Wow. And, uh, and because the way Americans are is if, if, if Montana solved the problem and they live in Florida, they, they still don't accept the Montana money even though they're in Florida. Right. And, this, and so the first state to do this is going to have an advantage. And then there'll probably be, could be an alliance of states, but you got to solve Amazing. all these problems. You know, uh, I highly respect uh, Austin Fitz, who's an yeah, me too. expert, me too. Uh, you know, thousand light years above my own. And she's trying to get uh, legislative action in Tennessee to establish a state uh, depository. But the problem with state depositories is no one's going to trust it if politicians are in charge. OK, 100 uh, percent. The other thing is the expense of maintaining it. Who is things? Sure. There is an advantage because if it's a state depository, well, traditionally, we trusted the state to guarantee money. Yeah, no, not going to work anymore. is pretty much uh, dissolved. Uh, yeah. and, but it's the expense. The state treasurers are going to say, how are we going to pay for this? And no one's figured it out. I figured it out. We'll hear that in the after. -talk. All right. We'll do that in the after talk, too. He's figured out how to. OK. Um, brother Alexis Bugnolo, uh, I gotta tell you, um, you just cover so many topics. The financial, we're gonna keep talking with you uh, because it's important. So over the coming, you know, weeks and months, uh, definitely let's stay on this topic. You, uh, thank you so much again for being here. The website is fromrome.info. Uh, you are talking about this, I'm assuming, on fromrome.info. Yes, yes, no? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, we, we have to say goodbye to you now and go to After Talk. Uh, guys, do not miss this After Talk. It'll be aired Monday night. And I have no idea what Brother's going to fill us in on. So this is a real cliffhanger and it's meant to be. So don't miss it. Thanks again, Brother. I really appreciate you being here. It's been my pleasure. Thank you for having me on. You bet. Uh, Dr. Jane Luby. God bless you for everything you're doing to uh, thwart the globalists. It's great. That's it for this edition of the Dr. Jane Ruby Show. Thank you for being with me tonight. God bless all of you and God bless our country. We still have time to take her back. We'll see you tomorrow morning for Coffee Chat. Have a great night. Medical Disclaimer. The Dr. Jane Ruby Show does not provide medical advice. The information, including but not limited to, texts, graphics, images, and other material contained on this show are for informational purposes only and does not establish any kind of patient-client relationship by your viewing or attempt to communicate with Dr. Jane Ruby. 
No material presented on the show is intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health care provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment before undertaking a new health care regimen. And never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have seen on the show. Thank you for watching.